Doe. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. Already <laughs> fucking it up. We have not done this in long enough. No, we have we not. Haven't. You haven't oh, hit those God. low notes in a while. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> you, you, you. <laughs> Does everybody know what time it is? Time to print a retraction. <laughs> That's right. It's journalistic integrity work. But long as Randy's gone to buy shoes, you never need to doubt it. Al make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd do without grunt work. The only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that didn't hang out with Charles Manson for several months in the summer of 1968. <laughs> I'm your host, Speak for Truman. <laughs> okay, true. I don't know what you were up to. You were you were a bit character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm your host. Truman, the Pet Sounds Van Caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon, the Smiley Smile Man Solano. <laughs> and and Landon, yes, welcome, welcome the fuck back to season. <laughs> Thank you, six sir. part two. <laughs> Thank you for rolling out the red carpet for me. The the red carpet of profanity. Yes, that's our <laughs> that's our thing. Now that we're back for the second half of the sixth season, swearing all the time. <laughs> that's our vibe. Um, yeah, we are. We're back in the saddle. That's a different band. Um, back in the saddle shoes again <laughs> and yeah we god this feels weird um i, I forgot about the taylors <laughs> i forgot about the, this wilson yeah it, it is really something for you to say this feels weird when the last thing we talked about was leprechaun four in space and the thing <laughs> See, before that, that was that's how top of my life is. that is yeah. the n- most normal thing in my life is talking about leprechaun <laughs> So coming back to slow jamming home improvement is just a reminder of the weird choice we've made in life. We made one weird choice several years ago that we've been uh, stuck with ever since. It's, it's like a mandatory minimum sentence. We did one thing when we were young and we are paying the price for years into the future. Anyway, great energy. We like making the podcast and we like having you guys listen to it. Um, uh, we have some... Uh, preamble stuff to go over a lot I, I think we've taken what about we've been doing season six for about three years and we took one year yeah. off in the middle of the season before we do the second half um, yes and some things have happened in the home improvement universe uh since then so i think it's time uh to just give a quick update on some things uh, yes exactly the big one last man standing is over not that that's part of this show, but Tim Allen's show show uh, ran its final episode during our midseason break. So he, uh, Mike Baxter, no longer a thing. He He's in the annals of time alongside Tim Taylor. He's been cryogenically frozen right next to <laughs> Tim Taylor and Walt Disney and Austin Powers. Uh, now, and this time, this time, Last Man Standing being over is not happening because the TV network canceled it. No. But because Tim Allen said... Enough is enough, correct? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think if I'm not, I don't want to speak for Tim Allen. Tim Allen is his own man, but from my understanding Lord of knows. listening to him talk, it sounds like he would never say let's end anything. So I don't know that it's 100 percent his thing, but it it was an amicable decision to end the show. It wasn't because it was canceled. Um, okay, or at okay. least that's the public story. Um, mm-hmm. 
But here's the other thing. As far as we know, to this point, Assembly Required, the History Channel show with Richard Karn and Tim Allen, has also ended but not been picked up for a second season. Well, I can't say, based on the 40 minutes, 30 minutes of one episode I watched, I can't say I'm super surprised that that is not coming back. Uh, did you watch more of it, Landon? I watched a little bit more, not enough to go into a, an entire Assembly Recornered, but... Um, <laughs> Enough to, to say, I think with one more season, they might have found their sea legs um, that it might have just been the COVID restrictions that made it yeah. so kind of wonky. Uh, I, you know, I'm disappointed that I don't get to see more Richard Karn. I think yes. him and the History Channel, like, that's a pairing made in heaven. I would absolutely watch whatever he hosted, even if it was it, a kind of Tool Time-esque show. Like, a topic that I don't care about as long as Richard Karn is hosting it, I'm there. I would totally watch that show with that same format with just Richard Karn hosting it. Like, I think <laughs> the weakest point was that Tim Allen does not seem necessarily to be a great craftsman, and he's not really great at, like, hosting a thing. He's great at playing a character, but that show was not crying out for need of a character. <laughs> uh, maybe. I'm not going to comment on that. I, I really don't. No, um, but here, here's what I do know is that you can't, you can't keep Tim Allen down. Uh, he has no. to work. He has to do something. Now he's not on TV at all. So what this means is we he's have going back to some... stand up, baby. Oh, sure. it could quite well be that. Um, yeah, I but... think he still does stand up anyway. It's it... yeah, I don't think he's ever quit. Really, I, he appears at the Laugh Factory all up until right before you know COVID hit. I know, and you know, I've moved away. I can't imagine he wouldn't not go back to it. But I've seen his name on that marquee many a time and <laughs> kept on driving. <laughs> but um, the thing is, when he's off of television airwaves. Interesting projects, well, uh, using big scare quotes for that, interesting, interesting, (laughs) I don't know how to put an emphasis on that to make it uh, scare quote soundy, but um, I I think uh, you've done the job sufficiently, I'll edit some scare quote noises in there, here, this is the sound of my my fingers swooshing past the... uh, past the microphone as they do a scare quote. Can you hear the wind whistling past the sound of scares? (laughs) Okay. Um, Interesting. Projects have come up uh, when he's been off the air. Uh, That's when he got into directing, which (laughs) we might have to watch Crazy on the Outside at some point. Um, I think we must. It's not only Tim Allen, but also Kelsey Grammer uh, and cartoon noises. So... (laughs) How do you pass that up? Um, uh, you don't. He did it's impossible. Some movies, uh, you know, we got the Santa Claus sequels, <laughs> which got more and more insane uh, with each iteration. So, and, and more and more about contract law as it went on. <laughs> the escape clause. Um, yes. Who knows? Who knows what's in store for Tim Allen? Something is bound to come up. Uh, maybe he'll get involved in the Galaxy Quest TV series. I don't know if that's still, uh, you know, getting off the ground or not, but that has been in the works for a few years. Um, who knows? Maybe it's, it's interesting. Maybe a TikTok channel. Maybe he'll start coming up with TikTok dances and be incredibly good at it. Maybe a video <laughs> game. Like, not Power Tool Pursuit. Oh, God, I mean, no. just like a Tim Allen 
video game where you play as Tim Allen. Like, maybe it's like a Grand Theft Auto kind of thing, but it's like you were driving around in your hot rods going to assemble things or it's sign just, autographs. No, no, you're just going to Jay Leno's garage and back. Yeah, I, yeah, but... <laughs> To to sabotage Jay Leno's cars, there it's just the the eternal battle between Tim Allen and and Jay Leno uh, of, of you know for car guy supremacy. This might be before a lot of our listeners' time, but there's a game for the f- NES, the very first Nintendo, called Spy vs Spy, from the characters oh, yeah. from the Mad Magazine, where it was just you are going through these different levels, planting traps for the other player to run into and. Uh, that's kind of what I picture that video game being. It's just Tim Allen versus Jay Leno. They're both sneaking over to each other's houses and trying to steal each other's car, cars and setting up traps for the other one to fall into. <laughs> I would I would actually give that game a play. I would I would uh, Twitch stream myself playing that. On actually, Landon, that's if he makes that game. That's our plan for after the podcast. We just become <laughs> okay. Twitch streamers of us playing that game. We just go all in on it. (laughs) Uh, One last bit of preamble here. Uh, Patricia Richardson is returning to the big screen. (gasps) She's she's showing up in a sequel to a 2017 movie called County Line, uh, where, at least in that one, she was a a uh, shotgun-toting farm owner, I think, called Maddie Hall. So... uh, it's it was listed as an action drama western, and this Ooh. is the uh, this is the IMDb synopsis. Um, uh, in short, at least, I'm not going to go through this whole thing because it's pretty long. But uh, tough, no nonsense marine vet Alden Rockwell has lost his bid for re-election as sheriff of Mac. Maxville County. Uh, reluctantly, he settles into retirement, accepting that Preston, a smooth-talking, more politically savvy cop, has taken his place, a cop he mentored. Alden's wife mm. has died and still grieving, and he spends much of his time tending to the chickens, pigs, and house pets she loved on their farm. This actually sounds like the begin, almost the beginning of like a rural uh, undue influence. Um, yeah, I, I mean, in that in that Patricia Richardson is nominally the star of it, but in fact barely appears because I have yet to understand where she comes into play in this. Uh, anyway, I'm just trying to give you the flavor of what the movie is, and she's uh, apparently she survived it. Now she's in the sequel, so uh, County Line Two. I don't know if it'll be called that, but uh, we have that to look forward to. Um, I just want to see a shotgun. Two. This time it's countier. <laughs> I just want to see a shotgun wielding Patricia Richardson. So, I, I, that does kind of seem like it's playing a little against type for her. It seems like she's generally not the one who's t- well. I mean, I guess she did full on shoot a person in undue influence. So maybe I, <laughs> I, I guess we all learned some things about Patricia Richardson during the break. So I guess oh. we should reevaluate what she's capable of. Perhaps. Uh, listen, we we spent an inordinate amount of time on our bonus episodes in um our mid-season break. Let's not make this a three-hour episode. Let's get right to it. I, I'm I'm I, eager to jump in to back into season six here. Yes, as, as am I. And I'm also eager to, yeah, not, not spend a cumulative total of like eight hours talking about this in detail. But although there is a lot to unpack here. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Because we watched an episode of Home Improvement and some shit went on. <laughs> I, and some shit didn't really go on, but was just there. Uh, and we're going to talk about all of it. And some shit happened off camera and was alluded to in true, uh, the wire form. Landon. <laughs> yes. Do you like, can you like, maybe just like, I don't know, bring me up to speed on what happened this week on home improvement. 
<laughs> wow, you've never asked me that before, Drew. <laughs> well, in fact, in a lot of cases, I haven't asked you that because I always forget the format of the show we've been making for longer than it took sure. me to get a college degree. But yes, uh, yes, I'm asking you this question for the first time. What happened this week on Home Improvement? <clears throat> okay, here we go. Whilst shoe shopping, Randy mm. has a run-in with a bully. Luckily... Mark is there to use his ancient skills learned from the 36th chamber of Shaolin. Shaolin. Shaolin? Am I saying that right? Shaolin. Shaolin, I think. Shaolin. Yeah, take it it from me. I would know. (laughs) To eviscerate the bully. Let's just take that from the top. Whilst shoe shopping... Whilst shoe shopping, Randy has okay. a run-in with a bully. Luckily, Mark is there to use his ancient martial arts skills uh, to eviscerate the bully. Let's just eliminate the Shaolin part entirely. It, it, more, more like Mark arts, am I right, folks? Continue, please. Do I have to after that? And, uh, no, we can cancel the whole thing if you want. Let's call the whole thing off. However... The school paper catches wind of this scandal, and soon Randy becomes the laughingstock of all of his peers. Truman. Landon. Oh, that's it. Okay, yeah, got you. Guess that title. Guess that title. Okay. Okay. Got three options. Okay. And at least one of these will make no sense to the the audience just yet uh, because of some omissions from the the, uh, synopsis about certain B-plots involving uh, bands. Oh, yes. Uh, Okay, first one. Black and white and red all over. Ooh, black and blue and red all over. Oh, fuck, that's even better. I mean, the red I was thinking is like blood, but yours also... Damn it! (laughs) Why am I always doing the titles when you're better at it half the time? Okay, second one. Beach Boys will be boys. Okay. All right. Third, Randy's Greatest Hit. Ooh. Hit. Like a hit. Yeah. Because there's some punching in this. (laughs) Uh, and And also some Beach Boys in this. Uh, I I like all of your titles, sir. Thank you. I I'm I appreciated this opportunity to spend a few weeks not guessing titles of things. I think it's allowed me to center <laughs> myself and get back Great. in the game of, of yes. title guessing. Yes, you, you you're back in it, baby. Yes. Um, but just like Patricia Richardson returning for County Line Two, this title is a sequel. <sighs> okay. You mean as in it has a numeral in it or in it in that it shares the name with a movie that is a popular sequel? It shares the title with a previous title. Mm. I think. Oh, oh, great. Oh, great. Great, Landon. Really great. It was already it was already wide open and you made it even more wide open. Okay. The uh. goalie is leaving the net. <laughs> Um, or, yeah, or, or the goalie has decided to sit down because he's tired of guarding the net in a flashback to my time playing soccer in, in school. Um, oh God, sequel to a, another episode. Um, so uh, what, what is the catalyst for this episode? Shoes. Mark. Shopping. Mark. Karate. Okay. And we saw one previous episode. About karate, yeah, I remember. I'm just trying to remember what the name of that episode was, because unlike you, I can't remember the names of episodes. And I don't know that it was the name of the episode, so just ignore that clue. Um, but it, uh, it is that was the only clue. You're telling me to ignore every kind of. frame of you, yeah. There, is. just so just say any name is basically what you're telling me. <laughs> it is. It does share a name with a movie, but not exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
enter the dragon, parentheses named Mark. <laughs> Perfect. He got it right on the nose. Wow. Okay. That's great. There, I, you know, I told you the the time away made me better at title guessing. I'm I'm sorry, everyone. You're you you must wait another week for your chalupas. What is it actually? The Karate Kid returns. Well, that would have made sense. Although I have to say, I have to say, if I may be so bold, not a huge. Okay, there's more karate in this episode than in most episodes of Home Improvement. But <laughs> yes. but if I were if I were if I were charting the amount of karate in the episode, huge spike in the amount of karate early on, and then it just flatlines, and yeah. then a dearth of karate it's, for the much more a journalistic episode than it is a karate episode. You were you were far more spot on with your titles than this one is. It, it's much more a VH1 behind the music episode <laughs> than it is. A journalism or a karate episode, but maybe we're just responding to. I mean, the things. title alludes to this being a Mark episode, and it's very much not a Mark episode, despite it being centered around Mark's actions. When are we um, gonna get? This is oh god. When are we gonna get a Mark episode? I'm I'm just oh, like I'm chomping at the bit. I want a Mark episode. I thought when I was watching it, I thought when I saw Mark do fucking karate on a guy, <laughs> oh, this is our Mark episode, but then he just disappears. Even even in Mark episodes, he disappears. Remember, the yeah. last one that I can even f- f- kind of remember was when he took flying lessons. And if memory serves me, Tim took over the majority of that episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was more about the fallout of him taking the flying lessons than it was actually Mark... Yeah. Doing the flying. Yes. Yeah. Mark only exists to do things so that we can follow how they reverberate with other members of the family. Like, Mark's own lived experiences are not important to this show. Well, I'm getting a little ahead of my personal reflections. I do have to say this episode aired January 14th, 1997, directed by Jeffrey (laughs) Nelson and written by good old John Vandergriff. Um, Oh, Griffey. I feel cheated (laughs) i feel like a bully who has been karate kicked into a storeroom full of shoeboxes in that i didn't get the mark episode i wanted that said um it's also a very cringy episode (laughs) yeah you you and landon warned me about this he he texted me specifically to say you know be prepare yourself for for huge levels of cringe and I mean, well, what what about it was making you cringe? Was it the presence of of a bunch of uh, 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 aged surf rockers? Yes, who just bursting into song. Yeah, yeah, okay. We were cringing about the same things. Yeah, not not the storyline. Like I thought, the whole stuff with Randy and you know actually seeing the high school and getting a little of you know, um, the the teenage stories instead yeah. of you know what's going on with Tim and him fucking up tool time, like. It felt like a, a an interesting turn to take the series that we really haven't seen before. I was interested yeah. in that. Yeah. The Beach Boy stuff was like, poo, man, really <laughs> hard to watch. <laughs> a, 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 like, still, six seasons in, presumably the largest show on television, and still they're kind of just reverse engineering half of every episode based on what guest stars like the show and want to appear. It's, they, they it's really... kind of crazy. You know, I I kind of hate to admit this, um, but I've been watching. Oh God, I, the words coming out of my mouth, I, I, they already taste acidic. <laughs> I, I mean, you you watch trash all the time, Land, and I don't know what what, is I, gonna, I am what you're going to say. Apt to admit that I watched 
Leprechaun three or Leprechaun four uh, three times for that episode than I am to say that in our midseason break. I needed a show to put on in the background while I was putting together some furniture and started watching Friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And dude, I, I, I why it, did you tell me that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel good about it. Listen, you Neither can't beat I. me up any more than I beat myself up over it. That said, Friends knows how to utilize a guest star. Yeah. Not I've never seen a guest star on Home Improvement. That has uh, worked without, you know, it's like either they're a cameo and it's like, oh, Alan Jackson's singing about his Mercury. (laughs) 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 Or it's Mario and and uh, and his Michael Andretti (laughs) talking about race cars Uh, or. Yeah, I think the I think the only one that worked was uh, President Jimmy Carter uh, <laughs> just deadpan dunking on how much Tim sucks at building houses. That would be my favorite. But they, yeah. So the comparison of like how to use a star or a guest star for sweeps week is just it pales in comparison. And they were on at the same exact time. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> This this whole thing made me think of the Seinfeld episode where New York Mets player Keith Hernandez is a guest, <laughs> and like he and yes. Jerry are like sort of yep. dating almost. But the whole like watching it recently, I was like, a Keith Hernandez is in a lot of this episode. He drives the entire plot. B yeah. he's incredibly good at like being on a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which they just, I guess maybe maybe it was just that Seinfeld and Friends got all the good guest stars who could act, and then and then Home Improvement had the scraps. Well, and here's the other thing. I don't want to delay going into the deep dive too much here, but um, an odd coincidence, or maybe it's not that odd, maybe it's not a coincidence, <laughs> um, a lot of Friends, at least the first four seasons, is directed by Peter Boners. Wow. Okay. So that, so he's actually a pretty big get for Home Improvement. Then he was coming off of a coming off of a well, fairly I, successful I show a, already. I think he's a journeyman uh, TV director. You know, as I said, he he you know goes all the way back to the '70s Newhart show. Granted, he was an actor on that, but I'm sure he directed a few episodes. So you know, he's yeah. he's just someone like a tried and true comedy guy you go to for directing TV series. Yeah. Well, I mean, still, that's it's an interesting. It's so they can get so Home Improvement can poach Friends's directing talent, but they can't poach the guest star talent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it comes down to the writers. I think it comes down to the producers. Just the creative juices on Home Improvement is just like, oh, do we want you know the aged Beach Boys to play characters in a diner that are just you know there, and or do we want them to play the Beach Boys? <laughs> And just sing some tunes. I think uh, maybe on some level they know their audience. And it's like, because I remember this episode watching it with my parents and uh, or at least my mom and them being like, oh, you know, <laughs> oh! One, of, one of their favorite pastimes is watching old groups or old actors and go, wow, they're aging, aren't they? <laughs> oh, it's not just happening to us. <laughs> exactly. Let's get well, into that... this deep dive. There's so well, much well, more to well. talk about. Well, okay, but uh, since you asked, my impressions of the episode. I, uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, well, no, they're all Beach Boy related, though. Okay. I would just say, okay, well, A, first off, I would say, I think that around the time, off of your point, around the time this episode came out uh, was the same time that the Beach Boys, uh, sans Brian Wilson, uh, had released an album uh, 
where they collaborated with a bunch of country music stars because they were definitely trying to go for a more kind of wholesome, all-American, uh, forget about the weird and arguably the best stuff we did in the late 60s, early 70s uh, vibe. <laughs> so I think that them appearing on a show like this, doing this kind of shit, it all makes sense. And I agree with you. The stuff with the Beach Boys makes me cringe, and it's definitely superfluous to an episode that otherwise, like, I think the Randy stuff is dynamite, and an episode that fully focused on that would have been a really good episode. Yeah. But I, I, what I like about the Beach Boys being in this is that it presents a situation where Wilson has been behaving irrationally. <laughs> yes. And, and it gives Tim a chance to give him good advice. And also, just the notion that Wilson... Like, Wilson Wilson on Home Improvement is related to Brian Wilson, who is famously weird and obsessed with using weird, like, tribal instruments and bicycle bells and garbage to, like, record, like, and, and like, make weird yeah. esoteric tracks that never got released because Water. they were just too experimental. Water? Yeah. yeah. Water? <laughs> Mrs. O'Leary's cow where he's got like where he made the session musicians wear fire helmets and perform next to a wood burning stove so they get the vibes of a fire happening <laughs> I'm just saying all of the shit mm -hmm. that Brian Wilson was doing in the late 60s it, including hanging with Charles Manson is 100% the sort of shit that Tim would walk into the backyard and find Wilson doing so also, I, think it, that, I don't think it was Brian Wilson I think it was Dennis Wilson that was hanging with Manson not oh, not Brian True. Okay. I think. Okay. Brian owned the house. It was Dennis who was hanging with him. Yeah. Still, I. It. It's just the 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 genesis of it. Not Genesis, the rock band. The genesis of this idea works. Wilson would be related to this really but weird experimental rock musician. All the I execution agree. is bad. The but oh, it bothers me that they they went with the joke, which is a ostensibly a good joke, and like if you can make it work, great. But. You only have one Wilson <laughs> in this yeah. iteration of the band. You don't have Dennis. You don't have Brian. All you have is Carl. Carl Wilson. <laughs> it's your, it's, it's like, your cousin, hey, Carl Wilson. You know that I'm new sound you've been looking for. I'm cousins. I'm cousins with the Rolling Stones. No, 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 no not Mick. No, 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 not Keith. The, yeah, the drummer. The drummer of the stone. Yeah, no, every, yeah, let's all say his name together at the same time because we remember the name of that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. They had the weakest lineup for this joke to work. Um, but hey, you know what? All, the, the, the fact that they got any Wilsons was an excuse for them to not write a full episode, and that's but, pretty and, good. And the other thing is that, oh, we'll get into it. I, I, let's save it for the deep dive because uh, yes, I'm going to okay. come, I'm, I'm going to earmark that. And we're going to come back to it. But for now, Let's go diving now. Everybody's learning how. Come oh, on God. on a deep dive with us. Yes. <sighs> I'm sorry. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't got, I haven't got a joke to make because I could not think of your, another your Beach Boys lyric. Your lung capacity has deflated over the mid-season break here. What, uh, what, wouldn't it be nice to do the deep dive and we wouldn't have to wait so long to get through the deep dive? Okay. We start, we start in, the in the backyard, not tool time. We start in the backyard, yeah. already throwing me off my game. <laughs> yes, yeah. Not uh, right. when we when we go to tool time halfway through the episode, I was like, wait, what? Normally we start here. <laughs> the grunt creep is trying hard to cross country ski, but can't. 
Nope, totally falls over and eats shit. Not literally. <laughs> Tim Tim's coming out for some firewood. Uh, he smells some barbecue coming from Wilson's side of the fence. Yep, and uh, says, "Oh, it's kind of kind of chilly. Uh, what what are, you, what are you doing barbecuing out here?" And he explains, "Oh, well, my my cousins are in town." And he says, "Are your cousins like you? Are they oddballs?" <laughs> and two dudes come out and start asking about the barbecue. And I think, okay, well, I'm supposed well, to know who these guys are. First of all, he says. Um, the barbecue is, uh, my, my cousin and their friends are in town and he's making them veggie burgers cause they didn't appreciate his <laughs> armadillo cat, uh, cat, cat, I can't say the word. Cacciatore. Cacciatore. Thank you. Uh, I'm Italian. I should know that. Um, which to me, okay. First armadillo cacciatore in the middle of winter. Okay. In Michigan. Does Wilson import his exotic meats? I mean, there aren't a lot of armadillos in Michigan. Yeah, no, summer or winter, it's it's a hard animal to get up there. But yeah, it, it is it is really a flex to to spend a huge amount of money importing an animal that presumably doesn't taste very good. <laughs> so you can barbecue it for your vegetarian friends. Uh the cousins come out as you said, and uh, first of all, it's Mike Love and Carl, Carl Wilson. <laughs> yep. And from that, Tim recognizes them as the Beach Boys. Now, fair. I mean, if you're going to recognize the Beach Boys from this lineup, Mike Love and Carl Wilson, I guess, would be the most recognizable, although you have the Jardines that are going to come out in a little bit. But um, I, as someone who kind of likes a fair number of Beach Boys songs. I did not recognize these dudes. I did not know they were the Beach Boys until they said the Beach Boys. <laughs> you you couldn't tell they were from the Beach Boys by Mike Love's hat that just said the Beach Boys on it. <laughs> I wasn't because I was looking at it, I was thinking like, I guess this is a professional athlete who happens to like the Beach Boys. I was not, I just, it didn't. <laughs> Gel for me that they would put the Beach Boys on home improvement. I thought it's like, oh, these are the Detroit Pacers or something, and they uh, <laughs> they are into pet sounds. Okay, here's my other issue with this, is that um, we have the Wilson connection, yet the, the, the band member that has the most interaction in this episode is Mike Love, not Carl Wilson. So <laughs> you go yeah. through this whole thing without even really utilizing the Wilson connection, which is a movie yeah. I want to see. I just <laughs> right now decided that. It's it's Wilson is smuggling drugs or Wilson is trying to catch the drug smugglers. <laughs> I would watch either one. Um, who? Okay, so yes, well, actually, they are the Beach wait, Boys. I think it would be Wilson trying to catch the drug smuggler who is Brian Wilson his cousin. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, so Tim doesn't didn't ever realize that Wilson was related to the Wilsons, the Beach Boys, uh, and Wilson says that he's never mentioned it because he didn't want to be hounded for autographs and concert tickets. Uh, Tim says, "Well, I can empathize. I'm a celebrity. Uh, and, you know, get I'm me out of show. here." <laughs> yeah, Carl. Uh, not Carl. Uh, Mike just kind of goes, oh, "Okay," and shrugs. Yeah, yeah, well, you're a celebrity. Tim well, Tim says, you know, I, I host Tool Time, and then he sings the Tool Time, which, the Tool Time theme, which, I mean, if we can get a recording of that to be our new theme song of Tim just going, da na 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 it'd be pretty good. Um, the rest of the Beach Boys come out at this point. Uh, this is the lineup that we have for this iteration of the Beach Boys. Bruce Johnson, Mike and Al Jardine, um, Mike Love, and Carl Wilson. And I think yep. there's another guy at some point, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. That's it's Charles Manson. Five? Yeah, I guess it's just those yeah. five. 
Yeah, <laughs> Charles Manson's just hiding in the bushes. Um, yeah, look in in the con- in the contract he signed. It's like even if I'm in prison, I have to come on promotional appearances <laughs> with you guys. It's, you know, wow, we got a we we've got an issue to bring up. I, I have a, a poo, Uh-oh. a point of order. Oh, um, still doing that, huh? Tim, still doing Tim. poos all over the episode. Tim says, "Can I ask you guys for a little favor?" And <laughs> these guys, who you know, just a second ago. Wilson was trying to protect them from signing autographs and getting concert tickets, but apparently not giving impromptu performances <laughs> on the spot uh, without even really being prompted. Yeah, or even without like tuning up or anything like yeah. that. They're they're just like already they're they all know what pitch they need to be yeah. on. So can I ask you a little favor? Ask no more. They begin harmonizing "Surfer Girl," uh, yeah, and we get the first of the. Yeah, cringe moments. That was. I, <laughs> yeah, the listeners are cringing for a very different reason than I was cringing watching the episode. I well, look. Let me let me tell you. You know when you haven't worked out in a while, and then you work out for the first time, and it's extra hard. <laughs> for me, it's like having not watched Home Improvement in a while, and then coming back to it. It's just like, oh man, is it always like this, or is this one extra? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I think it's made worse because the Beach Boys are in a really weird place physically like not even just their age but like 90s like there's they've got mullets they've got leather jackets they got a ponytail they've got got bad beards oh god it's just it's a weird mishmash of Um, these do these dudes could uh, like you could see them sitting at a truck stop and just think that that's five truckers who happen to be friends (laughs) yep okay nothing against truckers i I gotta poo poo here um tim Jesus interrupts and you're lo- you're losing us listeners tim interrupts their surfer girl iteration and says that's nice but uh can i hear one of your um cartoons your 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 hot rod jams if you will <laughs> and he goes what about uh little gto and uh one of the guys goes that was ronnie and the daytonas uh okay well how about little old lady from pasadena that was jan and dean how about Hey Little Cobra? Sorry, that was the rip chords. Um, they finally land on Little Deuce Coop, and we- uh, signifying that we have one car song called Little Deuce Coop. Truman, Landon, you said you like some Beach Boys tunes. Yes. Have you heard of the song Run Run Run? Uh, or, well, I've heard fun, of fun, 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 fun. I'm sorry. Yeah, fun, 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 fun. fun, fun yeah, I was thinking, run, run, run. I mean, may I mean maybe I guess was that the was that the 70s? Yeah, fun, fun. Till her daddy takes her T bird away. Yes. Oh, that sounds like a car to me. Does sound like it, but maybe they meant a literal Thunderbird, like she rides around on a bird, not a car. <laughs> well, also myth- all- mythological. Yeah. Oh, there's there's another one. If you if you are are keeping track here, what about little Honda? Now, granted, okay, I'll give it to you. It's about a motorcycle, not a car, but it's a motor thing that goes vroom vroom very fast. Or, or if I may, uh, what about "Don't Worry, Baby," a song written from the perspective of a guy who is worried about potentially getting killed in a drag race he's just committed to with another driver? It's all about <laughs> racing a person, which is something that Tim has. De- it's a hot rod race. The thing Tim does, like what five different times on the show, that, has that done song is with- very relevant to his life. <laughs> Yeah, so to to say that Little Deuce Coop is their only hot rod tune is a bullshit. 
I think I think the best part of this episode thus far is us both discovering that we actually are both kind of Beach Boys fans, <laughs> and maybe that why we're cringing so much is because this is just all the things we don't like. There's different this this episode is not highlighting the aspects of the Beach Boys that I like. <laughs> uh, likewise, um, so they start doing little Deuce Coop. He says, "If you do little Deuce Coop." I'll introduce you to my hot rod. And then he starts listing off all the features to it. And this was also cringe. Like every feature he talks about, you know, a hard top fucking juiced up engine piston chassis valves. Yeah. You, you can tell I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Landon paid very close attention and wrote down everything that Tim said. Those were his lines. But each, each feature, one of the beach boys goes, Ooh, ah, Hmm. Really? Not ironically. They aren't being sarcastic. No. They are no. actually interested in every little feature that Tim has to get. And they then pander to sing Little Deuce Coop to go see Tim's hot rod. And I, I had my hands over my face <laughs> at this part. And this is the thing. Like, he said, I will show you my hot rod. These are the fucking Beach Boys. They probably each own 12 hot rods. You, you, a basic cable TV host in Michigan, do not have a better hot rod than any of these, any of these trifling Beach Boys who have shown up. Even if their hot rods aren't that good, Brian Wilson probably has a better hot rod than any, well, no, he probably rides like a recumbent bike. He's weird. But the point is... I just like I'll show you my hot rod works if you're like trying to impress the local paper boy not if you're trying to impress five incredibly wealthy rock musicians who are very famous I, I could just see David Byrne had a, a stage show with this huge mechanical uh, uh, music machine and I could just see like Brian Wilson <laughs> driving around Venice kind of like Dick Van Dyke at the beginning of Mary Poppins with a bicycle that like every time he pedals cymbals crash together <laughs> and horns blow from the back of it. It would it would make way more sense for Wilson to be related to David Byrne, though. <laughs> I just I just really want Tim popping his head up over the fence and going like, "Oh, David Byrne, can you sing one of your great old car songs?" <laughs> um, oh God, we get a line here. What we get yes. is something actually interesting of Wilson walking off in indignation, saying, "It would have been better had they used one of my lyrics." <laughs> And here is the, I'm going to just bring this up now because it comes back later, but not in a satisfying way. We never learn what one of Wilson's lyrics are. I listen, if they had had the, some of the beach boys doing their harmonies and then Wilson out there singing about ants or whatever, like doing, doing like weird Al parody lyrics to, uh, to, uh, be true to your school, except it's like, be true, except it's be true to your shul. And it's all about like the Jewish tradition of shul, the educational, I don't know. I, I think there is, they just left money on the table, guys, comedy points going unallocated. There's so oh. much good stuff you could have done. Well, listen, I don't want to put you on, well, I guess you, you've done your, your job. I was going to say, we don't get to know what those lyrics are, so what are they? You've done your job. We know what they are, uh, or what they should be at the very, the very least. Um, uh, well, okay, actually, but Tim could also do one called Be True to Your Tool, and it's all about how great Binford is. <laughs> there you go. God damn. They left a lot. And listen, we have we're gonna bring it up in the the next episode with uh, or the next uh, scene that the Beach Boys appear, <laughs> where between Tim and Wilson, just okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I have we're, one more. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring I, it up in the next episode too. We're never gonna stop talking about the Beach Boys. I have one more question that's important to answer <laughs> regarding the Beach Boys. 
How many Super Bowls did Mike Love win? He is wearing a gold ring on every single finger. <laughs> Those are his brass knuckles, dude. I think it's, I think it's in case he has to get in a, like I don't know, maybe like maybe he and Phil Spector have beef or something. Maybe they're maybe he needs to protect himself. Oh dear God. Um. Okay, we get a red curtain transition to the theme song. Truman, what would this theme song? What would the Home Improvement theme song sound like harmonized? I'm not going to ask you to do it because I don't think either of us have the musical talent to harmonize. Okay, can, can you can you grunt down here like, and then I'll uh, grunt up like, uh, <laughs> 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 and something like that. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, here, wait, One of the wait, rare wait, moments wait, I wait. wish I was the editor of this. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Brian Wilson coming in with so. Weird, weird noises in the background. Again, listeners, if you splish, splish, if you aren't into the weird things that the Beach Boys did in the late '60s, early '70s, you will not like this episode. Okay, continue. (laughs) We cut from the theme song to the kitchen. Randy comes in and asks Tim, "Hey, Tim, uh, aka Dad, what do you think of this outfit for my date with Lauren? Vest or no vest?" And Tim says that the uh, that the no vest seems like, oh, yeah, he's cool and relaxed, and the vest means it looks like he's trying too hard, and Randy goes, I guess I'll take the vest. <laughs> so I guess he's just doing the opposite of what his dad thinks, Teenage Rebellion, or he just knows that Tim has bad taste. Uh, maybe either. I don't know. Uh, both would make sense. Uh, Tim asks, where are you going? Randy says, uh, I'm going to the mall. I need some new shoes, and Lauren said she wanted to go shopping with me. Whoa, 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 Record whoa, scratch. whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, Tim says. Yeah. When a girl <laughs> wants to help you buy shoes, it means she wants to be more than just friends. Mm-hmm. Candy Here's store. the hierarchy. Here's the hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Candy store, yeah. just friends. Friends. Shoe store, more than friends. More than friends. Jewelry store, run for your life. Woo, yeah. <laughs> the audience just goes nuts for this. Like... Like, yeah, Tim, getting married totally fucked your life up. Yeah, yeah, marrying this incredible woman who's way too good for you, being legally bound to her. Yeah. What does it say if she wants to go to the grocery store with you? I don't know. I guess that I <laughs> guess that she needs she needs today. some more Crisco. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was I wasn't prepared. I didn't I didn't realize that. What, what store means divorce? <laughs> uh, IKEA I don't know, going <laughs> gun store. Uh, no, actually, no. I, IKEA is the one. IKEA historically uh, has meant divorce. Um, Ding dong. Uh, yeah. Oh, who, who's there? No, no, Beth. I didn't have another joke. I was hoping okay. we were going to go past it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, oh uh, no, it's, no, I'm sorry, not Lauren. Beth. Lauren, Lauren's there. Yeah. <laughs> is Beth the name of the actress, or is Beth some character who you <laughs> no, Beth, came up with in I, a dream? Beth, I think, is a Zach boyfriend, or girlfriend. Uh, Zach, who am I talking about? God almighty, Brad. Folks, wow. we haven't done this in a while. My brain, we, we were... <laughs> my brain just, like, bubbled, like, spit bubbles. Uh, <laughs> good lord. Lauren's there, uh, and she's excited. She says that their article, her and Randy's article that they wrote together, uh, is going to be run on the front page of the paper. Hurrah! She hugs him. It's their first front page story. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like the the front page of tomorrow's paper, which also it seems to suggest that their school paper runs like every day. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I can't remember. I was on the school paper. How come I don't remember? I mean, look, when I was on the middle school paper, we released like four papers a year or something. I don't know. I didn't do the Maybe high school is paper, really amb- but it could not have been my The Amtramic High School is really ambitious. I, I don't remember the- how many we released. I just remember writing a review for Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. At how many stars? Oh, I loved it. I had her poster up yeah? on my wall. 
Wow. Next to uh, Sandra Bullock's Playboy interview. It was at the same time. (laughs) What? This this fits, though. The same kind of person who would be super, super enthusiastic about Alanis Morissette at that point would be the same person who would uh, gravitate directly to the Sandra Bullock Playboy interview. (laughs) Um, So... So yeah, they're super excited that their that their uh, article is going to run on the front page. Lauren mm-hmm. and Tim talk shop about the hot rod a little bit. Yep. Did you bleed the engine? You never have to remind my dad to bleed. But I'm ha And then Jill gets home with Mark. Yep, from his from... lesson. What? <laughs> what lesson is that? Well, I was wondering that too, uh, and evidently Tim was, but he wasn't letting on because you know, she says, "Oh, he did great at his lesson." And Tim goes, "Oh, well, what I tell you, you know, you work hard at a thing and you get better at it, and then you're good at it for the next thing." And Jill just <laughs> says, "You have no idea what we were doing, do you?" And he says, "No." And yeah, Mark was at a karate lesson. <laughs> Tim has no idea. This is just—he's just so blatant about how much he's given up on Mark, and maybe <laughs> yeah, the show well, has to. Yeah, the because the, I feel like this is not just a joke on Tim, but also on the audience. Because watching watching it, I was thinking like, oh, t- oh, God, he's taking lessons. What's Mark doing? What does he do? What's he into? It's been so long since I've seen him. Like the show was basically making the joke that none of us know what what he has done. Um, <laughs> Randy and Lauren are about to head out the door. Jill stops them and says, uh, "Hey, Mark needs shoes too," and she hands him some money and. Uh, Randy uh, protesteth uh, that he doesn't want Mark tagging along, but Lauren says, nay, we shall give protection to the young one. Uh, and Randy says, okay. <laughs> this this is taking a turn towards Canterbury Tales now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they, they, they take off with Mark, thinking that they're looking out for him, yep. unaware that the tables will soon be turned. And um, Jill says she has to work hard on her thing tonight. And Tim's like, oh yeah, that th- I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, like it says, oh, yeah, yeah, good luck with that, and they work hard, and then she just kind of looks at him, and he says, no idea at all. And look, I do like this about Tim, like, I like I like when Tim tries to bluff, and then is caught in the lie, and then just freely admits he has no idea what's going on. I find that very human and very relatable about Tim. There's, so, yeah, there's an honesty to it. Um, yeah. We get a karate chop transition, although in my notes I wrote karate cop instead of karate chop, and I just want to see that movie. movie. I just want to yeah, see that movie. I, I, that's why I no, wanted I, to bring it up now. This is official copyright. Yeah. If you say it on the air, it is June 16th, 2021. That is when we are recording. Therefore, uh, in perpetuity from here to the end of time, all throughout the universe, that idea is mine. Don't steal it. I'm going to write Karate Cop, and it's going to be a good movie. Uh, Karate Cop, 1991. John Travis is the last honest cop in a future dominated by terroristic <sighs> martial arts gangs who fight gladiator style in arenas. 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Sorry, oh. Landon. That, well, I can't be too upset about that, because that's a movie that I will watch and love. So it's, it's, uh, It does sound like it's up our alley. <laughs> oh, man. And if you look at the... If you look at the poster, he is doing some karate on this poster. Anyway, anyway, th- th- this is not a Karate Cop podcast. This is a Beach Boys podcast. Now, <laughs> Can it be a smiley cop? smile. <laughs> okay, we cut to the sporting goods store. Oops, I mean the shoe store. Uh, this is clearly the same set that Brad yeah. works at. <laughs> When I when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, Brad works here. He'll come and help him. And then I realized, oh, no, that it's supposed to be a different place, and they just think we won't notice. <laughs> yep. Uh, Randy's trying on different shoes and asks Lauren her opinion on the tan. And Mark answers and says he likes the tan. And Randy sends him away. F- away from me, fool. 
Yes, he casts him off to <laughs> go look for some uh, go look for some kids or something. Lauren and, says uh, she likes the black instead. Um, and just off to the side, a salesperson says, "Oh, you like the black? I'll go get them right away." <laughs> and uh, R- Randy goes, "Oh, wait, I didn't say what I wanted." And he, the salesman, just laughs and goes, "Yeah, like the guy's opinion <laughs> about shoes matters. <laughs> like the man's opinion matters. You fool!" Yeah. and walks away. Yes, yes, and. So then, you know, she then she has to go, and so she, I guess, is just going to get up and leave him there pre pre transaction. <laughs> yes, a little strange to me. She, she's she's pulling the ripcord on this date pretty early on. Um, <laughs> I guess she's pulling a Costanza. You make you go out on a high point. They're always going to be remembering you. What, what the high point of saying she liked the black shoes, and then he's going to get black shoes? Uh, that doesn't seem like a high point to me. But I guess I didn't I, see no, the rest see, of the date. She's playing a, a more manipulative game. See, she spoke to the salesperson before they came into the store, and she said, "Listen, salesperson, why don't you plant in his head that we are together by suggesting that the ladies." Uh, opinion matters more than the man's. And then once that's battering around his head, I'm just going to immediately leave. And that's all he's going to be thinking about until the next time he sees me is just us together. Mm-hmm. Yes, because because as an attractive girl uh, who has clearly been getting closer to him, I need all the help I can get to get this 14-year-old boy interested. Exactly. Um, so as you know, she leaves, and then Randy is getting up to walk someplace, and he inadvertently steps on the shoes of... A guy who we know is a bad boy because he's wearing a leather jacket. Hot cha cha. Hey, you just stepped yeah. on my. Okay. <laughs> no, that was it. That was his voice. Why, that was the pro- why? Why do all bullies sound like they're from Jersey? <laughs> yeah, I, it doesn't matter what if it's a period piece or anything. It's just like, hey, you just stepped on my new shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know the the the. The bad guys in all the Jackie Chan movies are saying like, hey, what's going on here? I've been living in this part of Hong Kong my entire life, and then you come in with this? What kind of police story are you trying to tell? You think you're better than me? You could just step on my shoes whenever you want to? Come on! Hey! And so he starts roughing Randy up for having stepped on his shoes. Randy's trying to joke and smartass his way out of the situation, which is not working. No. The bully steps on his shoes, and... When he does that, I thought <laughs> Randy buckles over. I thought he need him in the nuts, and I'm like, that is a bold move, show. Yeah, <laughs> to need yeah. a kid in the nuts. But no, he stepped on his shoe. Um, oh, that was all it was. I, <laughs> I I actually thought it was like either a sucker punch or a knee to the nuts, and I was thinking like, is this episode becoming very special? This is <laughs> this is kind of kind of heavy. No, no, he crunched his foot with his other foot. Uh, and from the background, Mike just er, Mike Mark pops pipe pipes up. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I've reassembled myself. I melted and okay, then I that's, reformed. That, that's good. <laughs> like I'm the face. one in the sweltering. I'm the one in the sweltering apartment here, Landon. You're, it you're feels sitting so in a nice. It's so pleasant right now. Uh, I got the window open and the front, ceiling front fan on. The Wisconsin Board of Tourism over here. <laughs> My, uh, Mark pops up and says, "Hey!" And Randy says, "Quiet, peasant. I can slay this wretched creature on my own." So Landon's doing a bit in this episode, I guess, that he didn't clear with me ahead of time, folks. And let's just all, I guess, see where this Canterbury Tales shit goes. <laughs> the bully says, yeah, right. And uh, preps for a windmill punch to Randy. But uh, Mark catches his arm, flings him backwards into the storeroom, and then kicks him in the patootie. Yes. Is that a karate move? Butt kicking? I, I guess it is. But well, so- I mean, why else do you take karate except to kick butt? 
Well, I, I just didn't. I just thought that the butt kicking was always more kind of figurative as opposed to actual <laughs> literal sole of foot applied to butt. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when he does said, this, shoeboxes fall all over the bully, and the audience cheers for their new champion. It's it's like it's like Captain Kangaroo when when Mr. Green Jeans gets hit with all the ping pong balls. It's pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, the bully gets up, and Randy and Mark decide, uh, 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 "What does your karate class teach you now?" And he's like, "I don't know. We didn't get that far. Run!" Yeah, but I mean, on. <laughs> But they don't even need to run because as the bully is watching them go, a final shoebox lands on his head, presumably filled with, like, shoes made of bowling balls and completely <laughs> knocks him out. Now, uh, I I have another poo here. Oh. Another point of order. I think Randy stole a pair of shoes. <laughs> I don't remember oh, him shit, taking, you're right. taking them off his feet before he ran oh, out of the store. This was the perfect crime. You know, you were talking about you were talking about Lauren being in league with the salesman. I think Randy was in league with the bully here. Create a distraction. No one's gonna think about the missing pair of shoes. So the story that pops up about him is just all karma. True, but even then, he still got the shoes. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I guess. What's well, a little public humiliation for a new pair of Air Jordans? Yeah. Um, what's what's a what's a minor uh, minor interruption in your uh, in your school popularity? And actually, it, it wasn't a pair of Jordans. It was a pair of Swiss. Now, I paused the transition. And I looked at, well, I didn't intentionally do this, but when I paused the transition to take notes, I looked back at the screen, and the shoeboxes said Swiss on them with the K <laughs> very uh, delicately um, blurred out. So uh, K-Swiss, not a sponsor of Home Improvement. Uh, but Swiss shoes are, <laughs> and I have to imagine Swiss well, shoes are the ones where the you uh, you know the the bottle opener and the toothpick come out of the the soles of the shoes. I think that I think that Swiss shoes actually don't give you any sort of athletic advantage whatsoever because they're so neutral about everything. Like Swiss shoes are optimized <laughs> so that every game ends in a tie. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, that's the first of two times I pause on a transition that I want to go into, and the next one is a doozy, sir, so prep yourself. We, uh, I can't wait. We cut to the kitchen. Tim comes in and says uh, Wilson's still pissed that the Beach Boys never used his lyrics, but uh, he was still able to finagle an autograph picture for Jill, which reads, <clears throat> Dear Jill, you are married to a great man, and you don't need any more jewelry. <sighs> I was waiting for that patented Truman sigh. You know, because it's just, you know, I can, there's only so many comments I can make. There's only so many times I can <laughs> flog this dead horse. Anyway, <laughs> um, Randy and Mark come back in. Yeah. And uh, they tell Tim and Jill about what happened. And when Mark tells them that he beat up a bully, uh, Tim is immediately excited and Jill is immediately angry. And then Tim quickly switches to being angry based on that's what Jill is yeah. doing. And uh, Jill says something to the extent of, we let you take karate so that you have the confidence to know you can use it, but you should never have to use it because you should never be in a situation where you have to use it. Yes. She says that instead of fighting the guy, she should have just <laughs> found, he should have found an adult or run away instead of using the karate that she has paid for him to learn. Yeah. Um, and Tim sardonically says, great. Next year he'll take track. Well, yeah, which is, well, honestly, though, a lot of good reasons to take track. I mean, knowing how to run fast has has many applications, so <laughs> don't knock it till you've tried it, Tim. Um, uh, anything yeah. more for that scene? No, nothing more for that scene. I'm just, well, I'm... Runners, yeah. run. 
through. It felt like we were doing an improv game where we say one word at a time. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I thought for a second I thought you were doing like some weird Brian Wilson lyrics. Runners run through the <laughs> fields of weird noises. Okay, you know, so listen, you know, if there was ever a musical equivalent to the transitions on Home Improvement, it might be Brian Wilson's experimental music. Yeah, tr- th- these are this is experimental editing. I I would think that <laughs> maybe Brian Wilson didn't appear on this episode because he was editing all of the other episodes. <laughs> maybe we get some track and field runners to wipe the screen uh, to transition us to the high school. I don't think we've seen the high school set yet, have we? No, if we have. We I've forgotten about it. No, we we've seen like the auditorium, but not the actual halls right. of the high school. Yeah, and seeing the them was. walking. Seeing them walking around, it was. I suddenly just had this very strong feeling of like, wow, we this really isn't a school show. Like, this isn't a show where we see <laughs> students hanging out at school, kids being kids. Like, it's more when kids are present, they are normally in relation to the parents, not just kids doing their kid thing. So, <laughs> right. Right, yeah, exactly. And um, so Randy is walking through the halls, and uh, the kids, his peers, start making fun of him. And Brad walks up, and Randy says, how do they know? Uh, you know, they start making fun of him for, you know, Mark sticking up for him. And yeah. Randy asks Brad, how do they know? It's not like it's in the school newspaper. And boy, oh boy, do we get a sitcom moment, because Brad unfurls the school newspaper. <laughs> and and the audience, again, just goes like, <laughs> They are just, they are overjoyed at the fact that this would get a write-up in the paper and uh, not only the paper but the front page alan bishop's column outlines the whole thing so all so this is like so there's just a front page gossip column a sort of <laughs> new yorker talk of the town i've never understood this yeah i mean you this it, feels like a trope uh, if i you know can be allowed a dalliance to one of our popular nights episodes this feels uh, like a trope whenever it. whenever there's a school newspaper that there's like a gossip column like that's what fills the school newspaper i cannot a that didn't exist in my school but i also can't imagine a real school ever allowing that kind of you know gossipy bullshit for you know to to drag out the dirty laundry of other students uh, yeah yeah that that the faculty advisor is like "Hmm, yes this will this will stir up lots of drama at the school and contribute to a negative learning environment i mean go kids will be kids i guess i mean hey it's a great story hilarious that his brother did karate on that guy uh yeah yeah no i wish if if school papers in real life were anything like what school papers were on tv i totally would have been involved with that like if it was actually a fourth that may have been why i got involved in it and then was disappointed and uh decided to write about alanis morissette yeah that was that was your that was your big rebellion like well fine if i can't if i can't have my gossip column i'm just gonna talk about jagged little pill (laughs) i i think the i my my biggest strongest memory of my time on the middle school paper was that i was trying to uh, i or i had a story that i'd written where i'd interviewed a bunch of students speculating about whether they thought osama bin laden was dead or not uh dating the time that i was in middle school and then the (laughs) vice principal said no we can't have a article in the paper that talks about someone potentially dying because a kid at school's brother died over the summer and he might read that and be sad so that was my experience and then at this <laughs> school, that was your you experience just... <laughs> being uh, censored and shut out by the man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My, my, you know, my, my hot takes on whether Bin Laden was alive or not were were too hot for the school. But apparently, at this school, you can just full on call a kid a wuss because his brother did karate on a senior. I guess um, so. Um, 
Yeah. Also, the fact also the fact that this gets printed in the paper and there seems to be no administrators going like, hey, should we take disciplinary action about this fight that happened off school grounds? Again. Again. This different this time, three different camera place. sitcom this is, is the 90s. <laughs> It's not. It's not. A, this three-camera sitcom is not taking a unflinchingly realistic view of the way <laughs> that schools mediate disputes between students, and I feel like that compromises everything else it's trying to do. It's. Uh, you know what? I fully back you on this. Uh, if you want to write a, an article about it, we'll see where we can fit it in. Um, well, no, because uh, some someone else at school, uh, their brother had to mediate a dispute recently, and we don't want him oh. to read that article and be sad. Yeah, so I actually yeah, can't we got to look out for yeah. for everyone. Um, yeah. Okay, last points of this scene. Uh, Randy looks over his shoulder, sees Lauren across the hall, uh, reading the paper and giggling with her friends, thinking that it's uh, that they're reading about the incident. And he goes, "God damn, man, what am I gonna do?" Uh, and he tells Brad, well, I just got to find a quiet place to reflect on the matter. And then he steps into his locker and shuts it. And that is, I think, a highlight of the episode for me. I think that's really funny. <laughs> I I mean, obviously, JTT is dynamite, but just him going like, I'm going to stuff myself in my own locker. I don't even care. Like, there's just an absurdist <laughs> comedy to that that I like. Uh, we get a locker shutting, taking us to the commercial break. Kitchen. Uh, Tim, we come back from the commercial. Tim is, uh, reading through the newspaper with Jill. They are both, and I repeat, Tim and Jill are both cutting vegetables for dinner. Yeah, okay, so... Are, are you more impressed that they're eating that many vegetables or that Tim is actually helping out? <laughs> that Tim is cutting them, yes. That's, uh, well, a little of both, but mostly the latter. I, I, I really just like the thought that the Taylors seemingly have a subscription to the school paper that, like, gets <laughs> delivered to them at home. Like, Tim Tim just reads it for the cartoon or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. But, nope, Brad's there. He gave it to them. And Jill is upset for Randy. Uh, she's trying to empathize with him. Who comes in on cue. Uh, she tells him, hey, you shouldn't be ashamed even if you are ashamed because, uh, you know, there's no shame in being ashamed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone kind of says, what? Uh, Ran- except for Randy who pulls a honey badger because he don't give a fuck. That's topical, right? Yeah, no, that's that's totally on board. <laughs> Randy pulls a Leroy Jenkins and just goes charging <laughs> right into this situation. And... He says that he's fine about it, and that he's moving on. He recognizes that all their base are belong to us, and it will blow over eventually. Um, but yeah, he's thoroughly uh, unbothered by, by really any unbothered. of this. Um, and as he and Brad go to leave for dinner, he tells Brad uh, that he doesn't really care because he met Alan Bishop after school and told him, I don't care for your journalistic style. And uh, then his nose started to bleed because that's where his fist landed. And, and Brad just goes, Nice! <laughs> uh again i don't want to make correlations but that's a joey move for sure <laughs> you can't you, you can't start comparing things to friends i'm sorry or or else it will make it hard for us to be friends i'm just telling you this now <laughs> okay. all right okay if you want to i, I, I accept that talk, I, I accept those if, terms if you want to tell me about something you saw on friends you have to disguise it as a cheers episode so just transpose it into that and then okay. we can have that discussion <laughs> uh that would have been a woody line for sure um that to- no, no, it wouldn't. Woody would never approve of fighting like that. You oh, have to right, try harder, right. Landon. Oh, God damn it. It's been a while since I've watched Cheers. Um, okay, the next scene and slides into And place. instead you watch Friends, and that, there's your problem. Okay. <laughs> it's what I have access to. <laughs> uh, tool time. We're going to the tool time scene. Tim hands Al, uh, behind the scenes, a autograph photo of the Beach Boys. It's for his mom, and it reads, ahem, ahem, to oh. Al's mom. 
our biggest fan by a wide margin. So, uh, listen, I was making some aspersions <laughs> to Mike Love earlier in the episode uh, about the amount of rings he was wearing and what that might say about him. I, I think mm-hmm. this confirms it. Between Jill's autograph and this autograph, and they're not asking questions about what they're writing or why they're writing it or who they're writing it for, I'm just going to say, the Beach Boys are dicks. <laughs> yeah. So's Tim. So's Tim. And, you know. Uh, also, this gives Al's mom some agency. You know? Yeah. She, she doesn't have to just be defined by being Al's mom. I'm sure she has a name and a life all of her own. That, that was the biggest takeaway for me. It's like, wait, so so even even people who don't know Al's mom who are writing things specifically for her are just calling her Al's mom. That's <laughs> like it's like Tim doesn't even know her name. No, I'm sure he doesn't. I'm absolutely no, sure like, he doesn't. That, that's the least surprising thing on the show, really. <laughs> um, uh, Al gets a little uppity about it, saying, "Did you tell them that she was weight challenged? Uh, I can't put this on the wall now. We'll just put it on the floor. She'll never see it." Oof, my um, my note my note is just boo. <laughs> they, they start bickering about this as Heidi starts the show and they continue their walk uh, out on camera and then they just smile as soon as they get within the audience's view. I kind of like that part I, of it. I, 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 I like I like that a lot. I really enjoyed that <laughs> bit. This week they are introducing tools that are being created at the Binford R and D Lab, the research and development team. Um, this has huge uh, Muppet Labs vibes, like on the Muppet <laughs> Show, when periodically yes. in the middle of our vaudeville show, it's like, "Oh, today we're going to show you the automatic garbage can." Like it. <laughs> uh, now, is it because the actor kind of looks like a Muppet? I don't want to. I don't want to be derisive of him, but he he's playing up his looks. He looks like a Muppet. Look, look he, this he actor. Looks like, he looks like Beaker. <laughs> you know. Okay. I, 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 we both took our, we both took this thing in different directions, and I think that's beautiful. Yes, I can totally see how he looks like Beaker from the Muppets. When he came out and started talking, I was immediately like, "Is this Chris Parnell? Is this just Chris Parnell?" Like, I think part of it is that he's wearing a white lab yeah. coat, like Doctor Spaceman on Thirty Rock. But, his, but he also, he also kind of has the same voice, kind of like yes. this. And it's, it's very much. I feel like Chris Parnell saw this and was like, "I will do that thing for my life." It, it, I don't know. Well, let's learn if it's Chris Parnell as we go into a character actor corner. Oh, yeah, brother. (laughs) It is. uh, Okay, so the character is A.J. Sanderson. uh, And Tim says that they share a sense of humor. A.J. Sanderson is played by Wesley Mann. Mm. He has 50, 50 credits. That was my Muppet voice. That was yeah. Um, That's that's Kermit. (laughs) That that was uh, undescript Muppet in the background. (laughs) Oh, yeah, one of the whatnots. Okay. Yeah. Um, His first credit is on the Golden Girls. Whether or not it was a gay character, I can't say. Uh, If it was a man on the Golden Girls, he was gay. We've established every uh, man I see on Golden Girls. It was an early episode of the Golden Girls. I think he was a bit younger then um, because, and I'm going to get to his most famous role later, but it was around the same time. He was almost certainly younger than Landon if this happened before the episode that we watched. Oh, listen, for someone claiming that he might be Chris Parnell, you can't <laughs> play the time card on me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I will only play the time cop on you. Uh, go on. <laughs> uh, time cop versus karate cop. Now, that is a movie that hasn't been made yet. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that one has. You can copyright that one successfully. Or time karate cop. Is that is that is that a cop who's a master of time karate? 
No, like the way he when... travels through time as he chops the space-time continuum in half. <laughs> it's when Jean-Claude Van Damme and whoever plays Karate Cop get in the transporter for, uh, of the fly, and they turn into a hideous time Karate Cop monster. Part cop. Part another type of cop. All cop. <laughs> okay. Wesley Mann uh, was also in Night Court, The Wonder Years, Tales from the Crypt, Full House, in the movies Who's Harry Crumb, L.A. Story, The Shadow. Oh, man. Do you, Truman, I, I ask you this every week, and the answer's always the same, and I presume it's going to be the same here, but I got to ask it anyway. Do you recognize this guy? Because you're going to know the line and the movie he's from once I say it. Look, I watched the movie The Shadow when I was a kid, I think more than most people. Like, not a huge amount of times, but just no, no one ever really ever watched The Shadow. And I feel <laughs> like I would recognize this guy in The Shadow, but I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, he seemed familiar to me. I say the same thing to you every week. He seemed familiar to me, but what, what was he on? What thing was he on? I, okay, I, I'm so confident that you're going to know him by his only line in this movie that I'm going to give you the line and you tell me the movie. Okay. And I'm so confident in it that I will, for this one time only offer say that we're going to supplant the guess that title challenge that if you get this right, we will consider the Chalupas back on the table. Wow. Okay. 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 Here's his line. I think he stole her wallet. I think he, <laughs> I think that man stole her wallet. Uh, is it... I'm, I might have the line wrong. <laughs> is it... I think he stole that guy's wallet, is what the line oh, is. Oh, oh, yeah, Back to the Future Part 2. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, I don't know why. Someone said explosives in the bell for some reason. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, the uh, like uh, the only reason I was hesitant was because it's like her wallet. It was like I thought it was because he stole the sports almanac from Biff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. Wow. I think he's he stole his guy. wallet. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Second interesting. only to a what? The guy from Jaws when he says a great white shark. There's that guy on the dock that just goes a what? Um, <laughs> great greatest line readings in the cinema annals of time um uh, wesley man that's who wesley we're talking about wesley man well uh okay well done wesley man was he on cheers he was not on cheers frazier we're, we're playing our our meta game was he on er and yeah. uh this is the second so we're, we're the chalupas are back on the table you did a redemption sir thank you thank you I, I i you know i didn't know redemptions were even a thing but i'm glad i'm glad that i found it is it a redemption uh, or an atonement um well, let's see. The Shawshank Redemption had a happy ending, whereas the movie Atonement had a sad ending. And I hope that, and our <laughs> okay. listeners getting Chalupas would be a happy ending. So let's go okay. with let's go with let's go with the Redemption. We'll all meet on that okay. beach in Mexico and and eat some Chalupas together. Redemption. Um, so metagame, was he on ER? Your clues. He was not on Cheers. What's the next uh, clue? Um, he was not on. He was not on Frasier. NYPD Blue. He was not on NYPD Blue. I'm going to say he was not on ER. <laughs> shit. He was not on ER. Whew. Why did you say shit? Because <laughs> I think I know the answer to 
the chalupas and now we're uh, uh, to the grunts have, and I, I think we're going to we're going to have to confront this chalupa challenge thing. We, I we think we don't have we don't have that many patrons and chalupas aren't that expensive. I mean true, it's not like true. a big okay, thing. Okay. Okay. I know, but we just got to figure this out. Okay. We'll get there. We're not to it yet. I could fuck this up for us all. Um let's go back to the You episode. have in the past. You have a, you have a good track record. <laughs> let's okay. go back to the episode. Currently in progress. Uh R&D. We were talking about AJ Sanderson. He has a good sense of humor. Yes. He's showing them uh, uh, experimental tools. First, he brings mm-hmm. out air-powered scissors. Yep. They close with 70 pounds of force because of air pressure. And uh, Tim says to Al, oh, hey, next time you lose the key to your lunchbox, you won't have to bite through it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> then uh, he introduces them to a line of uh, laser tools, a, a level, a stud finder, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh Laser shrimp devainer and nose hair clipper, and Tim just goes. Nyeh. We get straight out of the Three Stooges and out of Tim's mouth. Nyeh. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Tim says you're doing a lot with lasers. Any chance you're working on a laser toilet? We're gonna have to or keep he... a tight lid on that one. I'm just gonna point out also this character's eyes are crossed the entire time because it's funny. Also, I don't think that's a choice. I think that's just his eyes. Um, I don't remember his eyes being crossed in Back to the Future, but whatever. Uh, He says they're in the experimental stages of a high-power laser tree pruner. Um, He hands it to Tim to show it off. And my note was, in all capital letters, why do you not know what show you are on you are sponsoring the show? Yeah, yeah. And And he also says... You won't be able to see the beam, so be careful where you point it, which is like, well, I mean, even, like, <laughs> leaving aside the fact you're giving this to Tim, a a highly destructive, completely invisible consumer-grade laser, what, what, what? What was your legal Why? department said about this, Binford? <laughs> I guess, I don't know, Binford has a, a military contract uh, that they're trying to turn in consumer items. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but of course, Tim prunes a tree and then prunes a picture off the wall and two of the shelves of the bookcase. And uh, we huh. get a ceiling tile transition because he also apparently pruned the ceiling tile falling from the sky, taking us back to the high school. Yes. Um, and at school, Randy goes up to Lauren and yeah. kind of ham-fistedly says, hey, did you hear what happened to Alan Bishop? And... Lauren is not very impressed nope, uh, not at all. by his show of brute force. And Randy says, well, I thought you were laughing at me because of that story in the paper. And she says that, no, they were laughing at a funny line that he wrote in his article. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, so you didn't think I was a wimp? And she says, no, but now I think you're a jerk. And she walks off and Randy just shrugs and gets back into his locker. Still funny. Still funny. I love it. <laughs> And we get a transition of a dolly picking up the lockers and sweeping us to the next scene, which is the backyard. Okay, we got some stuff to talk about in this scene. Tim whispers for Wilson. Wilson appears, and so does Mike Love and asks if he can play Wilson's cool flute. Uh, No, I would not appreciate it. Uh, I I would. No, you cannot. I would appreciate it if you got your hands off of my uh, shukiachi, which is a kind of flute. Yeah. Which is exactly the kind of thing Brian Wilson would have put on another one of his songs. <laughs> Tim asks uh, Wilson, hey, you're kind of mad at that Beach Boy, ain't you? Uh, Wilson says he just 
doesn't understand why they never used one of his lyrics. He always uh, thought he had a flair for writing. In fact, he wrote uh, the book, The Psychophysiological Indices of Amorous Connections, Amorous among, connections termites among Termites of the Southwest. Of the Southwest. Now, okay, I, I'm not going to say it, but we have a acronym for point of order. Thank you, Landon. If you remember, and I know you do, Terman, specifically, <laughs> Wilson had a girlfriend that mysteriously disappeared on the show. <laughs> Yeah, you remember that? Yes, sure. Yes, shortly after taking out a large life insurance policy with a <laughs> you remember, single beneficiary. You remember Judith? Well, okay. Listen, I know we ain't doing uh, theories too much these days, but it does seem weird that she disappeared without any fanfare. Much like Joe the Meat Man and Marie, um, you might remember something about Judith and how they connected. I, it was Wait. over the fact that Judith happened to have written a book, and the name of that book happened to be. The Psychophysiological Indices of Amorous Connections Among Termites of the Southwest. Wait. Is Wilson full on taking credit for a book that his murdered girlfriend wrote? Is that what, is that what we're saying? <laughs> that is what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> I can't. What? Alleged murdered. But well, he I is mean, definitely taking credit for uh, a very unsuccessful book of hers, yes. Yeah, I, I love that you go to all the trouble of, like, killing someone so that you can take credit for their book, and then the book is a huge flop. Um, <laughs> that's, okay, well, that's, um, I don't, I have to say, uh, th this is affecting my ranking of Wilson among the characters of the show. <laughs> and let me, let me plagiarize point this like that. Let me point this out in terms of uh, a long game that Wilson could be playing here. You pl you play the the neighborhood hermit that brings in so many worldly weird things to his house. I mean, he has a rainforest room for God's sake. No one is gonna. Wh what do you do if you're gonna dispose of a body? No one's gonna blink if you have a sudden bone structure or bone uh, sculpture or or some sort of thing on your wall. He he could I mean, easily have eaten Judith. And just displayed her bones inside his house. Dude has a house full of, like, sarcophaguses and, and mummies and <laughs> shit. He could just stuff the body in one of those. No one would even notice. You, like, it, there's already d fully legitimate, like, dead bodies in his house just for normal reasons. You can just <laughs> yeah. add one to that collection. <laughs> Are they normal? Now we have to ask questions. That's how this works. <laughs> we, ha we, ha we have to go back and, re and, and revisit everything we thought we knew about Wilson. Um... <sighs> Kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, Tim suggests that uh, in regards to these lyrics that um, he, he starts playing the Wilson role here and says, you know, uh, what would you have done if they had come to you about things that they thought you should put in your book? And suddenly Wilson gets it. Ah, I should stick to writing things I know, like termites. Yes. And then he, he, you know, he says at one point, uh, people would rather have, well, okay, before coming to this realization, he yeah. said, you know, Wilson laments that his book sold four copies and fun, fun, fun sold four million. And Tim says people would rather have fun than termites. And Wilson just says, the two are not mutually exclusive, which <laughs> doesn't really get a laugh, even though I think it's really funny and really well played yeah. and written. Uh, what I think is not very well played and well written. And listen, I realize as podcasters, we are doing uh, Monday morning rewrites of a show that was written and performed in the 90s we've Many got the Mondays ago <laughs> we've got the uh you know uh hindsight on our side 
But they go into our territory a little bit, and <laughs> Wilson says, okay, I get what you're saying. I should stick to writing stuff I know, like termites. You know, I could have written wood vibrations, and then Tim chimes in with, wouldn't it be nice? And then they think for a moment, and then they go with, help me rodent. And we need to crack that open. Yeah, help me rodent? Okay, like, I'm not... glad that's what you latch on to, because... <laughs> Okay, we need, to, we need to we need to school them a little bit. What are they riffing on, for one thing? Are they riffing yeah, yeah. on the idea that it's termites, that Wilson... Are we just going with listing of Wilson's things that he's weird about, his critters? What What's the game that they're playing? Yeah, because I'm also like, that you did you did two on wood. Mm-hmm. You need to, you either need to do one on wood, one on something else, and then one help me rodent, or like, yeah. or do all three on wood. Like, just what's a... Th- <laughs> I, What's like a third Beach Boys song that can have wood in the title? Well, I, I had a, I wrote down a few ideas. I wasn't sure what, what game they were going for here, so I wrote down a couple different things that kind of you know revolved around this. I also want to say, don't start with wood vibrations. You end with that. That's the strong yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, do, you want an, do you want your ants instead of do you want to dance? Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, how about "Gimme Gimme Wood Lovin'" instead of <laughs> "Gimme Gimme Good Lovin'"? I don't think that's uh, that's that's the uh, Spencer. Um, that's not that's not the Beach Boys. That that doesn't count. This is listed under one of their songs. But okay, well, is it? Oh, maybe fine. maybe they did a cover of it at some point. Uh, yeah. How about uh, "Don't Worry, Baby," which is the same name of the song, but the lyrics are slightly switched so that it's from the point of view of an exterminator. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's. Uh, she told me, when you go to spray today, please take along my love with you. That's that's the sort of lyric that we're going for. Exactly, yep. And then, of course, all of these are uh, featured on the uh, infamous album, Pest Sounds. Ah, very good, very good. Um, or or uh, this one doesn't require any change at all. Do you like worms? <laughs> yeah, uh, n- n- uh you know, another one of those unfinished tracks from their album Smile that never got released because Brian Wilson was being a little too weird. Oh, God. We get a critter transition uh, to home. Randy comes home. He's dejected from his interaction with Lauren. Uh, Tim comes in gloating about helping Wilson. And uh, Randy says, well, if you helped him, maybe you can help me, too. And he explains that he punched Alan in the nostrils and apologized for it already. Yeah. Tim and Tim. Tim is genuinely mad at him for having gotten into a fight, so I'm glad about that. I'm glad that he isn't like, yeah. He was, yeah, about it earlier in the episode, so pick a lane, Tim. I get, I mean, (laughs) I mean, he was, but I mean, I think that he, he, because earlier it was presented as I defended my brother from someone who was physically attacking him, and now it is I instigated a fight with a kid because I was upset with him, and that's what Tim (laughs) is unhappy about. Yeah, uh, that, but that's, Randy, that's my new, Ran- that's my new thing in the second half of the sixth season. I'm taking Tim's side all the time now. Tim is great. <laughs> it's, it's weird, unimpeachable, uh, but it brings him a new strange energy to the show. So I'm for it. Um, Randy apparently doesn't need Tim's help because he's like, yeah, okay, I think I should probably just go to Lauren and and just beg for her forgiveness. Uh, and that's what he decides to go do. We well, get what Tim. Yeah. Tim Tim says Tim says no 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 you're 14 if you start begging now you'll never oh, stop. Oh yeah, block that part out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. And okay, Truman. Something happened. Landon. Yes. One of these things that just a magical coincidence that 
I I need to, you know, since we aren't watching this together anymore, I can feel free to pause the episode and catch up on my writing uh, of mm-hmm. my notes. And I do the same. I, just, I happen to do it between scenes, so I happen to pause on transitions quite often. And I paused on this transition, which is the school newspaper, and yeah. I was able to read some of the articles. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I have, a, I have a sad feeling of what they're going to be. What happened to this riverboat wreckage? <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised, probably pleasantly surprised to hear there was no deaths, as far as we know. Um, but I, I, I can read you um, kind of uh, part of two articles. And uh, I'm going to read you uh, Real Men Don't Hit by Randy Taylor. <clears throat> okay. And it goes, it goes a little something like this. Real men don't hit. They roll with the punches. In a moment of humiliation, I lashed out and struck my fellow man. But I now realize that violence is not the answer. I learned the error of my ways from the wisdom of my father, a man who's humiliated, humiliated himself more than any other human being on the planet. Thus, at this conference, all our governments found themselves to be in unanimous agreement regarding this undertaking. Arrangements for dealing with questions and disputes between republics were further improved. Of no less importance was the common recognition shown of the fact that any menace from without to the peace of our continents concerns all of us, and therefore, uh, and then it gets uh, cut off, I can't see, an immediate investigation is assured and indications are that some new light will be shed on the situation in the near future. Available facts seem vague, but authorities feel that time will disclose some means of arriving at a solution. Future plans of necessity will have great bearing on the situation as it now stands. Decisions will have to be made if the actual planning of the project will take considerable time, but it is felt that these steps are very important. I don't want to judge this article until I've read the whole thing, though, because maybe he brings it back around in the conclusion in a way that Mm -hmm, makes sense. mm -hmm. Well, it goes on to say, an immediate... An immediate investigation is assured, and indications are that some new light will be shed on the situation in the near future. Available okay. facts seem vague, but authorities feel that time will disclose some means of arriving at a solution. Future Maybe plans like will structure thing <laughs> of necessity have great bearing on the situation as it now stands. Decisions will have to be made at the actual planning of the project. Will take considerable time, but it is felt that these steps are very important. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean. It really does make you think both about, I mean, why violence is bad and then also um, why he made some of the other choices that he, I mean, it gets people's attention. I guess and, so. And also the the agreements between republics uh, and all that, I mean, it's about countries not going to war with each other because again, violence, not the answer. I guess so. Um, this is right next to an article called Educator to hold annual meeting, uh, H, it got cut off. I couldn't read the rest of it. And it starts, um, the mayor, meeting diplomatically, kept something, 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 it got cut off. Uh, And then goes on to say, thus, at this conference, all of our governments found themselves in unanimous agreement regarding this undertaking. (laughs) Arrangements for dealing with questions and disputes between the republics were further improved. Oh, dear. (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe there was, maybe it was just... Maybe this was a special edition of the newspaper that was primarily covering a uh, meeting where representatives from the republics met to discuss how to resolve disputes and kind of like 
everything, every article in the paper had to be kind of germane to that topic, and so Randy just found a way to fold his column about violence into that topic? Uh, perhaps. I mean, one thing we didn't point out is that decorated all through the halls of the high, high school are vote, 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 student council uh, elections are pasted all over the place. So True. maybe there's a connection there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the big it's the big elections issue. Everybody's, everybody's like, uh, trying to... Well, honestly, I was kind of thinking when I saw those posters in the background, like, wait, is this suddenly going to turn into a, like, Randy running for school student council or something because he's popular for punching <laughs> that guy did not go in that direction not but, yet um, <laughs> we, yeah. maybe next episode um, not yet but in the halls of high school lauren is reading uh the article that randy wrote uh, verbatim from what the start of what i started reading was um yeah they, they cut it off before they get to the bit about uh, about the republics <laughs> yeah we cut the home and jill is also reading the article uh, and so, they're something they're happy so Something is happening in that in that scene that never happens, where a, a woman is, you know, reading something that a guy wrote for the school paper and being like charmed by it, and clearly reassessing her <laughs> position of him and wanting to go out with him. And in my experience, very little of the writing that I've done has ever really swayed a woman's opinion about me. Either the woman <laughs> liked me before and continued liking me, or didn't like me and continued not she, liking me. My writing right. is, like, a, a, a written piece has never made somebody, like, think, oh, wait, I've, I've got this guy all wrong. He's actually not a huge jerk. Either either she liked you before, you wrote it, and by some miracle, it didn't change her opinion. Uh, yes. But it's never uh, actually changed her opinion for the better. I would put yes. myself in that camp, too. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm empathizing with you. Uh, yeah, no, we are. I think we're just two dudes who have written a number of things in our lives and from time to time tried to impress women with them and have had, I think, similar results with that. So anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, the jokes that, uh, you know, we end end the scene of them reading with, uh, with the reveal that Randy has learned a lot from his dad, particularly about humiliating himself in public. So um, that's how the episode ends. We cut to our stinger. And the Wilson family is out getting their picture taken by some uh, fifth person. <laughs> I yeah, don't know who that's or why Charles he's Manson. There. <laughs> and just in a blonde ponytail wig. And well, that's how he got out of prison. Uh, ah. And then, then Jill pops up over the fence and says, "Hi, Wilson. Hi, Beach Boys." And they all say hi, which I kind of, I kind of like that. that, that it it had like laughing, <laughs> laughing energy a little bit, and I was kind of into that. <laughs> Um, but then she wants to sing a song with them. She wants them to sing Barbara Ann. At this point, I turned the volume way down. This is just too cringe. <laughs> One and highlight do, of this. They do a thing. Oh, God, true. Do we have to talk about this? Where they, they all are popping their heads up over the fence one by one. That, but when they're doing a song and then they break the song so that they can fit somebody else to so they start singing Barbara Ann but I don't even know why I don't want to do the lyrics so God I don't have the energy to go into it oh my God I'm gonna yeah. die where Wilson it, Wilson Wilson pops up to repeat a line that isn't you know it's not repeated in the actual song but they repeat it because it's a character on a TV show uh, that yeah. needs to be involved in the song but not doing his own lyrics which is why I turned the volume back up because it's like oh wait cool Wilson's gonna have lyrics about worms or something nope. <laughs> He's just doing the lyrics of this song that I don't particularly like and did not want to hear and have stuck in my head all afternoon. Oh, it was so hard to watch. Um, 
listen. There's one thing about the song Barbara Ann that has always eluded me. It's a mystery. I think one of perhaps music's greatest mysteries. Uh, I always have wanted to know the story behind Rick's famous ashtray. Rick's famous ashtray? Rick's famous ashtray. In the middle of the recording of Barbara Ann, the real recording of it, uh, you know, they kind of break Not down and they're all they're all padding on stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of one of the Beach Boys, I don't, I'm not even sure which one it is, just says "Rick's famous ashtray" in the background. <laughs> I mean, they were probably all smoking, <laughs> and they were courteous enough to use an ashtray. Okay, yeah, and I and presumably this guy Rick, who who you know furnished them an ashtray, they probably y- used a bunch, and they were. Oh, look, why, I'm not a, I'm not why a smoker. Why is it famous? Who's Rick? Why is it a famous ashtray? There are just a lot of questions that come up for this. Rick works at the recording studio. They're uh-huh. all smoking cigarettes while they're singing the song because when you do intricate vocal harmonies, the best thing you can be doing is sucking on a menthol light the whole time. And then, but is it like, and, and then they're the- ashing? And then, and then Rick, who works at the at the recording studio, comes over with the old and worn ashtray from the recording booth and whichever one of them says it goes like ah rick's famous ashtray because they've all ashed out into it before uh i have to imagine was this like you know i I, maybe not the beatles aren't the greatest you know uh example because they recorded in england mostly but um you know i have to imagine were there other you know did bowie use the ashtray when he was recording it did stevie wonder use the ashtray when he was recording uh one of his albums like is is that why it's famous? Just so many famous people from the sixties and seventies. While the mamas and the papas was was Mama Cass putting out her cigarette butts in this ashtray. I mean, I would I would wager that just in the context that it was used, it was probably famous because they had used it a few times themselves in the course of that lengthy recording <laughs> session. I don't think I don't think it was famous in terms of other famous people used it. Just like it's famous, it has meaning to us. Mm, okay. I'm just saying, it it just, it might be something the Smithsonian wants to investigate in case there is significance behind it that they need to put it in the museum. Was was this why you were cringing throughout the episode? Because they had all the Beach Boys right there, but none of the characters (laughs) asked them about Rick's famous ashtray. I mean, if there's a show that's going to get to the bottom of this ancient mystery, it would be Home Improvement, and I'm very disappointed that they didn't. Truman, let's end this episode. Yes, let's. Um, So, yeah, there's one last thing. No, there's not. uh, no, there's not. There's nothing no, else. Okay, well nothing, that's it. Nothing else. We don't do it. No numerical component to this show. Uh huh. <laughs> that was my very meek grunt because uh, it, I didn't think we'd actually come to this point where 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 we would do sh- it. Shouldn't have given me a redemption, dude. I shouldn't have. Uh, the grunt count. I have a guess, Truman. Guess it. <laughs> Is it zero? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh my God, uh, Landon! I think I think it. I, I mean, is this it? I'm gonna look at the analytics to see if there's a way. There has to be a way where listening. The, we can tell who's listening at what time to this episode at this point in this episode that we've orchestrated it for someone to just run by and throw a chalupa at your face. <laughs> at this moment, we've done it, Truman. We 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 have yeah. succeeded the chalupa challenge. We made it happen. I, 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 mean, I was I, so not prepared for this. 
I was not expecting it to happen under these circumstances. I mean, we also kind of broke our own rule because you gave me the the buy on that other one. I mean, you shouldn't have let me. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, we said it. We said it. We got to be as good as our word. Do we keep doing the Chalupa Challenge after this? Well, that's what. Now I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna not have you guess titles, and I'm not gonna stop playing the meta game, and I'm not gonna stop guessing how many grunts there are in an episode. Um, I, I I think we have to we... find another thing to give oh, people. Shit. Well, listen, you guys have won some chalupas. <laughs> well, y- those of you who who are Patreon subscribers or, have won some chalupas. Yeah, right. Or or, or the equivalent, equivalent cash value thereof. Yeah. Um. I guess that that's that's a bit of fanfare for coming back. I mean, we're coming back with some yeah. energy now uh, to season Starting six. Starting on a strong, yeah. The the energy the energy followed by bloating that only a chalupa can <laughs> can provide. Okay, so uh, I guess that goes into our post amble. We'll figure out this I, chalupa thing. We'll let you I, guys know as of this recording. Uh, you know, don't I, don't be going. Hey, listen, uh, I I I I I'm owed some chalupas. I got into the Patreon just you know right. When the episode was re- no 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 I got no, the list no, I know who I know no. who the patrons are at this moment don't you try to you cheat us out of chalupas listen you can't, there'll be another thing at some point that. yeah <laughs> I I also I also just want to say for for how long we have been ballyhooing this and leading up to it I'm surprised I don't feel more of something like I feel like I should be making more of a to do but I'm just like. I, I don't know. I mean, it's well. It's, I, 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 I feel agree. empty inside. I didn't expect it. You know, listen. The last year has brought a lot of changes. I didn't expect that we would be recording remotely. I didn't re- expect to be recording from across the country. Back back in the day, I had Tool Time Corner in my apartment, all set up with confetti con, bleh, confetti cannons. That when this moment happened, there would have been just a loud explosion from every corner of the room and paper flying everywhere. So, oh, oh um, God, you would have felt I, I, something. Now, when, when you now nothing. When you when you gave me all the tool time corner stuff, I, I a bunch of that is in my closet. I need to make sure <laughs> that shit isn't caught on fire now. If the confetti cannons <laughs> went off when I guessed it, Silly there might be. A, I, I got to get the vacuum out. This is going to be a mess. Silly string is going everywhere. Um, okay, we're gonna figure out the chalupa challenge. We weren't bullshitting. We'll do something for it. Uh, I'm excited. I agree. It's a little, you know, whatever. Uh, lack of lack of fanfare since we're not together. I feel like we could have at least high fived. Um, but well, well, let's use this to get into our our post amble so that we can get out of this yes. episode. Yes. So That's we'll the figure most that important out. Important thing. That's the um, real gift to all of us. I want to say thank you all for letting us do <laughs> Leprechaun Four in space. Uh, it was indulgent. I get it. But I would listen. say. <laughs> In, when else am I going to get to talk about Leprechaun 4? So, you know what? For three hours. Uh, <laughs> take those three hours, and you don't have to listen to them. We're just putting this out there. You can listen to it. You can not listen to it. Got to do one for me and then one for the studio. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, you're a real Richard Linklater over here. You make, you know, I you, you, you do School of Rock so you can make Boyhood. <laughs> uh, we got another big announcement here, but before we do that, I think we need to do a little promotion Truman, you cheated on oh. me while we were between seasons. Or I did. Mid-season. I did. I got the little uh, the little six and a half season itch. And uh, when I was up in Portland, I uh, went and recorded a podcast in person for the first time in a good long while with the guys at Tope Suicida. We recorded oh. a wonderful episode where we watched uh, Mick Foley 
wrestle. Uh, 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 oh, Landon, you watched the you, you, or you listened to the episode. What's the name of the guy who we fought again? Not Edge. You, you think Was I'm helping Edge? you with it, sir? Listen, you cheated on me not only with another podcast but in person. So you're on your own on this. <laughs> Hey, honey, that woman who I slept with who wasn't you, what was her name again? Uh, the point is, I watched I watched it a, was hardcore a hardcore match, match. Yeah. involving Mick Foley. There were thumbtacks in people's backs. Ooh. There was a there was a flaming table lit on fire by a woman with a candlestick lighter. It was a great episode, and we had a great time recording. So uh, if you want to listen to that, go look up Tope Suicida wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can also find them on Twitter at, I believe, uh, at Tope Suicida Pod. I'm just yeah. going to take a look at that. Landon, you say something for a second. <laughs> or you can find them, uh, the episodes at Bo Rosser or Mike, uh, Mike from television or Mike from TV. I can't remember which one it is. Um, it's a good episode. I'm going to say, listen, uh, am I, am I happy to let Truman go do his own thing? Um, publicly, yes. I support him in everything he does. It's a great episode. Uh, I had a lot of fun listening to it. Um, privately, am I a little jealous and angry? And is this going to create a fissure that's going to grow over the course of the remaining seasons that we have a home improvement and grunt work? Um, I'm not going to say. I can't admit it to myself, so I can't admit it to you. Uh, look, would it, if it if this would help, you could just like come to Portland next time I go to Portland, and we could the you know we yeah, could all yeah, just do yeah, a four yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. On you always, why don't you pack up Tope Suicida and the three of you come out to Wisconsin? Hey, how about that idea? Honestly, not the worst idea I've ever heard. I think we could <laughs> I, I we could really get into some trouble out there. <laughs> We're getting into too much here. So go listen to Tope Su- Suicida. It was a great episode, uh, and I was happy to hear that Truman completed his trifecta, his trilogy of Tope Suicida episodes. Um, here's our big announcement. Yes. After an experiment in the first half of season one, or season six. Oh, God. <laughs> season uh, one was an experiment with making a podcast, and we're still was. running that experiment. But yes. Uh, but we experimented in season, the beginning of season six, the first half, with going every other week. We tried the experiment. It had its pluses. And it had its minuses. Mostly minuses. So guess what, guys? We're back. We're coming back weekly. We're back. We couldn't We couldn't stay away. We're going <laughs> to, you know... We 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 looked we looked real hard at our lives and we thought, do we want to spend another three years finishing this season after having spent the past six and a half years on this season? Truman, and we thought, no, Truman, Truman, no, 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 we did it. We're we're coming back weekly for the fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, because we want to. Yeah, because because we don't want to spend three years dragging this out for you guys. We want we want you guys to not have to go so long without us. You know. Uh yeah, nope, that's that's it. So we're coming back uh weekly. We will be back next week with another episode yes. of Home Improvement. Yes. Exciting be ready stuff for that. Brace yourself. For that. Will the Beach Boys be on it or or will it be the Monkeys? We don't even know. <laughs> uh but you know what this means? We're only getting to more bonus episodes faster. So get ready for the end of season 6 bonus episodes. Get um, get get what get ready for Landon to find some tortured connection to home improvement so we can talk about Leprechaun into Hood. <laughs> there isn't any. I tried, I looked, there's nothing there. Um yeah, you're you're going to play 6 degrees of the Leprechaun and, <laughs> and you'll figure it out. And this episode grunt work is made possible by our Patreons patrons at patreon if you enjoyed today's episode and any of our bonus episodes and want to help us create the show or you know have a say in whether or not we do leprechaun episodes consider becoming an episode uh 
Oh boy, you're ha- Landon is having an episode right now. If you couldn't tell, also, <laughs> it, also, it doesn't matter if you have a say in whether we do Leprechaun episodes or not. We will just do Leprechaun episodes, no matter what you guys want. God, consider becoming an official Gruntnet sponsor over at Patreon.com/GruntworkPod. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts, because it helps get us in front of other people. That's how algorithms work. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntworkPod, or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com, where you can see other information on today's episode, as well as sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Until next week! When we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, if you don't like something a reporter wrote about you in the newspaper, you should never punch them. Just wait a few months and a private equity firm will surely buy that newspaper and lay off all of its staff and there's your revenge right there. (laughs) 